I'll, I'll say it this way. Uh, you know, no person is an Island, um, you know, and, and as a leader, I think uh, a lot of us, you know, at times, depending on our organization and all that, you know, attempt to do things by ourselves. Um, and the reality is, you know, I have another phrase, you know, uh, only dream big. Uh, and, and obviously as executives and CEOs, you know, one of our jobs is to be a vision, uh, a vision caster. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today, Abdani Bedney of PSP Metrics. Donnie, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Gresh. I'm really, really excited about our conversation today. Yeah, I'm super excited as well, too. We've had such a great kind of intro call and a connection before, so I know this is going to be extremely valuable. Um, and before we jumped into the interview, I wanted to read a little bit more about Donnie so you can hear about some of the awesome things that he's doing. And Donnie is the president of PSP Metrics and firmly believes that well-directed human capital should be harnessed to achieve extraordinary, extraordinary performance. And with the mission of driving change through people, he aims to help 1 million companies worldwide develop and engage their employees to resist mediocrity and aim instead at institutional excellence. He brings his his commitment to superior performance to each of his clients and more than 15 years of experience translating organizational needs into successful business strategies. Donnie, super excited again to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to, speak to the IMCL community? Let's do it. Let's make it happen then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit. I know I touched on uh, your story to hear a little bit more about your CEO story. We'll let you get started with all the awesome work you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's been an interesting journey, my friend. I mean, my, my experience is really uh, an amalgamation of, you know, different roles and stuff that I've, I've been in. Um, I can't say that I was uh, necessarily uh, any aspect of my career has been linear. Um, it's, it's been a lot of uh, kind of jumps. And so, um, you know, working in consulting, uh, I've been the head of HR for, you know, a startup that was wholly owned by a hundred professional athletes. Uh, that was actually my last year of grad school and about a year or so after that um, worked at a hospital where I, was, I served on the executive team and was a, a chief human resource officer as well. Um, consulting, um, you know, most recently was chief of staff for a large healthcare consultancy that uh, sold for 4.25 billion, um, you know, back in 2019 and, um, you know, got the opportunity actually to uh, acquire a business, uh, a 75 year old business actually it was founded in 1946. Um, and so went ahead and, um, you know, raised money and, and acquired that business at the end of last year. Nice. I absolutely love that. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, I really loved about the first time we connected to was talking about, you know, kind of that avenue that people don't even know as a possibility and how that might be you know, coming about for so many, you know, people, but I love that you were able to kind of see that opportunity. And I think so many times we can look at our lives and the experiences in our lives in silos and mm -hmm. not realizing that we are kind of creating where we are at that present time and building up upon our life in, in order to get kind of get there. Oh man, absolutely. Um, you know, once again, I, I think that while my experience has really been an amalgamation, everything that I've done up until this point literally prepared me for the role that I'm in today. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I wanted to drill down and hear a little bit more about that role and what you're doing, um, you know, with all the clients you work with. Could you take us through a little bit more about PSP metrics and how you're serving the clients you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, you know, PSP was founded in 1946 uh, to answer a very specific question that kind of faced the country at that point. So it was post-World War II. Uh, thousands of GIs were coming home from the war and four psychologists got together and said, you know what, we believe that, you know, utilizing, um, you know, science and, and specifically psychology, um, we could help answer this question of fit um, through aptitude testing uh, and also psychometric testing. Uh, and so that was kind of the, uh, the, the genesis, if you will, of our business. Um, you know, we also uh, conducted research at that point. Uh, and so our first two directors of research uh, are really uh, patriarchs within uh, the workforce motivation uh, and engagement space, talent assessment, et cetera, Dr. Frederick Herzberg and also um, Dr. Ray Hackman, um, you know, literally our first two directors of research. And so fast forward, you know, we've, we've been doing this work for decades now. Um, I purchased the business from two gentlemen, uh, both uh, had their PhDs in industrial organizational psychology. Um, and, you know, the way that we do that is we typically um, will conduct pre-hire testing, um, you know, for organizations. And that's from frontline blue and gray collar roles uh, all the way up through C-suite. Um, you know, that's a little bit about what we do. Nice. I definitely appreciate that. And, and, you know, I'm sure you would definitely you know echo this as well, too. And I say often we forget about that human aspect of business and how, you know, I don't want to say human capital is your only capital, but it's probably, I think, a lot more important than a lot of times organizations are kind of um, paying attention to. So I mm -hmm. love that you kind of help to make sure those fits are well, because I think it's, you know, you can have capital, but making sure capital is in the right place as well, too, is probably just as important. It's, as I talk about driving change through people, right? Um, you know, my, my, the statement I've made quite a bit is, you know, some people have attempted to drive change through technology, right? You know, we're, we're on Zoom, uh, you know, and, and, and other things. And so we, we have a luxury there. Uh, and I believe, you know, throughout our life, like technology is going to continue to, you know, probably change a lot of things. Um, you know, people have also done it historically through process, right? Uh, as you look at like Lean Six Sigma, you know, those types of things. Uh, and plenty of organizations attempt to do it through policy. Um, you know, even the government uh, attempts to do it through policy. The reality is the only constant in all three of those areas is people. Uh, and so if you're not able to drive that change through people, um, then, you know, you, you won't be successful. Uh, and to your point around capital, I think that human capital is actually the, um, we'll say the biggest secret weapon, um, you know, for organizations. Uh, you can have amazing technology, you can have a great process, you can have amazing policies, uh, but you need talented people uh, to ultimately kind of drive all of that. And so, you know, to be on the front end uh, in this way where, you know, what kind of makes us unique is our ability to customize those assessments to the specific culture. And so as you think about uh, identifying people uh, who are top talent, you know, one of the things that I, that I look at, you know, historically, if you look at hiring, right, um, let's say you have 50 to 100 roles within an organization that are open. Uh, a lot of traditional uh, HR thinking would be, uh, let's fill all of the open roles that we have, right? And if we don't, then then there's a problem. Uh, well, there's something called the Pareto principle, <laughs> which I believe uh, as you look at, you know, that whole 80-20 rule, uh, if 80% of, let's say your performance metrics are being met by 20% of your talent, you know, your top talent, then I think it's it's time for a shift. And, and I believe we will begin to see a shift within organizations where, 
their goal is to really identify and duplicate more of that 20% from a top performer perspective. And assessments are, are one of the ways that you can, uh, one of the tools that you can add to be able to identify individuals who are psychometrically aligned uh, to uh, the top performers within your organization. And so if you could just double the number of top performers that you have within your organization, you can see the performance metrics that'll follow. Nice. I absolutely love that. And I love that you, you know, you talked about the Pareto principle and, and just understanding how you can strategically, you know, uh, have a bigger impact if you are being, you know, very strategic about like who you're bringing in and, and those assessments and all those things that you're doing. And I love that you mm -hmm. kind of talked about that, that, that secret sauce, the thing you feel kind of sets you all apart because I almost feel like, um, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it almost feels like you're able to translate and understand, you know, the organization, but also of course the, the actual assessments as well too, to mm -hmm. make that, that perfect fit because you, I guess you're able to understand each of the languages. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it, there's different philosophies and, and, you know, some organizations, um, you know, are, are looking to identify people that are uh, really talented, uh, let's say across the industry. Right. And so, you know, if you're in healthcare, you know, as an example, they say, you know, Hey, we just are looking for nurses. Right. Um, and, you know, let's, let's be real. Right. Um, you know, in some organizations, frankly, uh, when you think about patient safety or you think about just the sheer amount of roles because they're high volume hiring, you know, organizations, you know, sometimes we get into, uh, you know, like the mirror test, right. Um, you know, and so you hold up a mirror in front of somebody who's applying and, and if they fog up the mirror, <laughs> then we hire them. Um, and I've been there before, uh, you know, as a practitioner, I've, I've, I've had the need to, you know, fill roles. Um, but if you get the opportunity really to, you know, slow down, and think through, you know, a long-term sustainable and arguably the most effective strategy, um, then the reality is you want somebody who not only is going to be a top performer and a good fit within role, but you also want to identify somebody who specifically can be successful within your organization and the environment of your organization, right? Um, and that's where a lot of our clients, you know, um, find, uh, you know, I'll say that we, we kind of excel uh, is helping them identify talent that's not only a great fit for the, the role, but also specifically uh, a, a good cultural fit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times we forget about that aspect. A lot of times, like if you have a fish, for example, and a fish is out of water, it's not going to perform as well if it's in where it should be. So being aware of that environment, being aware, of course, yeah. what the job is and being able to kind of make both of those fits is a is a huge thing. So I love that you're able to do that for organizations. And so um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Yeah. I mean, you know, so the, the piece that I kind of live and die by is, is probably uh, not anything that, um, you know, is, is game changing. I live and die by my Outlook calendar, um, you know, and, and uh, if it's not on there, then it's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, we got a chance to, you know, kind of uh, uh, pre-brief, I guess, uh, before the show. And, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, you know, I was telling Gresh, my assistant, shout out to Ann, uh, who's amazing, uh, actually protected 30 minutes uh, of my calendar uh, ahead of time. And so I thought our conversation was going to be an hour. Uh, and, and I ended up with 30 minutes kind of ahead of that. And so um, that's been a huge thing for me. Um, so I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client, or if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. I'll, I'll say it this way. Uh, you know, no person is an island, um, you know, and, and as a leader, 
I think uh, a lot of us, you know, at times, depending on our organization and all that, you know, attempt to do things by ourselves. Um, and the reality is, you know, I have another phrase, you know, uh, only dream big. Uh, and, and obviously, as executives and CEOs, you know, one of our jobs is to be a vision, uh, a vision caster, right? Um, but I think one of the biggest ways to know whether or not your your dream, if you will, your vision for your organization is big enough, is ask yourself the question, you know, can I achieve this with, um, you know, number one by myself, um, and and maybe one if that's one A, then one B would be. Um, can I achieve this with the current talent that I have on my, uh, on my team? Uh, and if your answer is yes, then I would challenge you to dream a little bit bigger and that your, your, your vision is not large enough, uh, for your organization currently. Awesome. 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 And so, uh, now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Donnie, what does being a CEO mean to you? Yeah, being a CEO to me uh, means being a servant, right? Um, you know, I am a, um, I, I'm a servant to, you know, my employees, uh, you know, and I also serve our client partners. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the better I can serve, uh, you know, kind of my internal clients, uh, just as much as I can, uh, you know, serve my external clients. Um, that's really my primary role. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I think that that servant nature kind of rings true. And what we talked about as far as like, you know, having a vision and making sure that you are putting that vision in alignment with where you want to be. But I think that when you are trying to be, for lack of a better term, a bridge in between the person that is that the organization might be looking for in the organization and creating that connection, you know, through the work that you do, it allows, you know, those things to kind of come to fruition and you get to, to make that truly big impact. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and, and I do believe that there's kind of a thin line, right? Uh, you know, it, some people say, uh, you know, ruling by, uh, you know, consensus is basically failure. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so I do think that, you know, the unique things about, um, you know, leaders and CEOs, um, you know, is, is that we do have to make, um, you know, tough decisions that frankly impact, you know, a lot of other people's lives, right? Um, you know, and, and that takes a certain level of intestinal fortitude. Um, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it's chicken and egg for some people. Uh, I just know that my primary, my two primary roles are to figure out a way to continue to be a resource and, and serve my internal clients, as I mentioned, which are, you know, people who work for me, um, you know, and, and once again, serving and, and ideally um, anticipating the needs uh, of my external client partners as well. Um, because it's somewhere in that chicken and egg, um, you know, you just kind of create an environment where people can continue to excel. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times it's because you're so dialed in, you're paying attention to those factors, the human element of your organization, even your, the, the people within the organization as well, too. You start to begin to, to be there, you know, when they're looking for something or they're asking for something because you're so dialed into what it is they're doing. And of course, you know, you know, the evolution and the changes and opportunities that are within the industry as well, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. 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 Well, Donnie, truly appreciate that definition. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find about all the awesome things you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll, I'll keep that, you know, relatively concise. You know, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, you know, there regularly. Um, and, and that's probably the best place to find me. Uh, I, I am occasionally on Twitter and also Instagram. Um, but you can find me in, in all three of those places, um, you know, going forward, always happy to engage and, you know, shoot me a, a DM or otherwise, if I can, 
uh, be of assistance or if my company can be of assistance, frankly, um, very happy to do that. Um, and then as far as just a general, uh, you know, passing of the mic, uh, I'm just going to take the time just to say thanks, Gresh, for, you know, inviting me, uh, giving me this platform uh, to hopefully share, uh, you know, a few tips and other things that, you know, folks can take and uh, apply, frankly, as they continue to run their organization or even if they aspire to be a CEO one day. Absolutely. Well, I truly appreciate you for, for taking the mic and, and then running with it as well, too. So we'll definitely have the, the links and information in the show notes for everybody to get a hold of, hold of you. Um, I appreciate you so much for the work that you do, because I think so many times we forget about that human capital element and not just the impact that we see from an organization standpoint. But when we start to look at the human, we realize that their families, their fathers, their mothers, their kids, and we start to see that the impact that you work, the work that you do has an impact, obviously, in organizations, but even beyond that for the world as a whole. So I appreciate yeah. you so much for reminding us of that, my friend, and of course, doing the work. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.